When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And this week, as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you guys ready to get a dose of testosterone (laughs) and grow some hair on your chest? (laughs) And then die and do it again? You didn't answer my question, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Okay. So if you couldn't tell by my manly introduction, we're here to talk about the upcoming action film on Hulu, Boss Lover. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and after we discuss the film for a brief bit, we're going to segue into our interview with the star of the film, Frank Grillo, which might be my favorite interview that we've done on the podcast. What do you guys think? Definitely mine. Yeah. He's a swell guy, that Grillo. Yeah. We're best friends, right? Brian? Yeah. He invited cool. us over. We bought our plane tickets. Frank, mm-hmm. make room in your guest areas. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have offered. <laughs> but yeah, so as as I mentioned, we're, we're talking boss level today. This is a film that's directed by Joe Carnahan and stars Frank Grillo as a retired special forces badass that gets stuck in a time loop where he has to repeat the same day over and over again. But there's a catch. The day that he's reliving hundreds of times features a group of angry assassins that are out for his head. So over the course of the film, he has to fend off the killers, find out what the hell's going on, and potentially maybe save his family along the way. In the world, world, world. <laughs> Before we talk about just how awesome Frank Grillo is and why you should all watch Boss Level, I got to tell you that the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So let's talk Boss Level. Overall, what do you guys think of the film? Start with you, Brian. I, I've mentioned numerous times that I just want movies now at this stage of my existence that I can just, just you know, unwind with, have a good time, you know, pour my 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 caffeine-free diet coke and just uh, you know <laughs> enjoy going to bed at at six p.m. and th- this is that film. It, it's it's just it it goes down very easy. God, you are not selling this movie. You are I not. I have to stop you there. Hey, <laughs> Brian, we're talking boss level. I <laughs> I understand, and I and I have appreciated the voice, and it it may not have put any hair on my chest, but it put some hair on my back. If we can, you know, also talk about <laughs> age related. <laughs> no, it's fun. It was the, the the humor in this movie, the the premise. I mean, even hearing you describe it again, like how many times? How many times have we seen this this premise just off the top of our heads? I mean, I don't just the time even, of it all that um, you're talking about. I mean, just yeah. in the last year, we saw Palm Springs. Uh, yep. Amazon just released their Teen Palm Springs. I forget what that one was called. And uh, Freaky. Mm-hmm. No, not Freaky. I'm sorry, I lied. Uh, Happy Death Day. Happy Death yes. Day and Happy Death yes. Day to you. But no, this is a good time. Grillo's great. I, I've really enjoyed a lot of Joe Carnahan stuff. And this is very much a Joe Carnahan film. It's just a classic action movie. You know, it's like the mm-hmm. kind that we grew up with. So, yeah. yeah, had fun. Mike. So this is a great film. Like I did. I, I just sat down expecting, you know, uh, a middling action movie. And I got you know, outstanding action set pieces, real emotion, a genuinely fun and interesting group of characters. It was just, it was, uh, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. And that is probably partially on me and, and partially on the fact that these guys really came together and made this like old school, like 80s, 90s action movie, but with uh, you know, kind of a today twist in that time loop world. I know there's been a ton of them. Edge of Tomorrow is probably one of my favorites. And and I did love Palm Springs as well. But this one certainly 
is a great addition to the time loop. Way uh, more stabbings action. in this one than Palm Way Street. more stabbings and interesting killings and murders and all that stuff. But yeah, it's it's super fun. Like, and it's really creative in the way that some time loop movies make you, you know, live that over and over again. So you get a sense of the repetition. Even even when they're doing that in this movie, you're doing it in a different way. So nothing feels repetitive. So throughout the movie, even though you're in a time loop, it's very much a movie that is progressing and uh, growing and you're learning more and you're not really repeating a ton, even though he is dying and starting the day over again. He's starting over in a different way and he's trying different routes and, you know, figuring this whole thing out. And it works. It really, really works. And that's because Frank is awesome and you totally believe in who he is. And the, the movie is just oodles of fun. So, yeah, there's nothing to complain about here. I think it's a must see. <laughs> I just I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I just imagine this like boss level poster with Frank Grillo, like all muscled out. And then it says Mike D'Angelo playlist. Oodles of fun. <laughs> oodles and oodles of written in cursive fun. Yeah. In crayon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I I tend to agree with you guys on this one. I think this movie's awesome. I think it is awesome in the capital A awesome way. Like like almost like you have to like yeah, cool with a K. A with what now? Like you'd start a sentence with it. Is that why it's oh, capitalized? Boy. No, no. I just like you know that feeling when you're in middle school and you're writing that S with all like the the pointy lines and stuff. You know, yeah, I know exactly it looks really cool. Talking about you would do that as you watch Boss Level, and you would be like having a great day. It's <laughs> and that I mean that with the most sincerity possible because I think that like Brian said, this is a throwback to a type of action movie that we just don't get much anymore. I mean. We get like John Wick and that's great and all, but Keanu Reeves is like super serious in that movie and he's great because it works really well in that movie. But back in like the eighties and nineties, we talked uh, recently about double impact, right? Yeah. It, it, it's one of those where it, it's this super charismatic guy who also can do all the action himself. It's not like cleverly edited or anything. This is Frank Grillo swinging a sword, shooting a gun, stabbing people. And it's just, fun it's fun watching the ways he murders people and that sounds terrible but it's true and they don't make movies like that much anymore and part of that is because you know people are are scared about releasing rated r movies in theaters especially spending quite a bit of money on them but for some reason joe carnahan and frank grillo were given a lot of money tens of millions of dollars to make this hulu was like this looks great and we're gonna spend money on it and now we've got this like weird gem of a movie that if you like that sort of thing, if Bloodsport and Rambo <laughs> are movies that you were like growing up on and were like, this is awesome. Frank Grillo's here for you guys. He's got a movie for you. Lethal Weapon. If you love Lethal Weapon, this is the type of like, like kind of silly R rated action film with a lot of heart. Like it's, it's all of that. And yeah, it's, I'm rambling only because I don't want to spoil stuff specifically, but also it's just hard to really, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the filming techniques that Joe Carnahan uses are next level or <laughs> that, you know, Frank Grillo should be nominated for an Oscar and Naomi Watts gives her career best performance. None of those are true. Mm -hmm. But all Gibson is also present. Yes. And he's better than that Santa movie we talked about. Ugh. He is. He is. Ugh. Well, let's not let's not talk about that. No, not uh, here or there. Yeah, and, and and if Mel Gibson turns you guys off, don't worry. He's really not in this movie very much. This is the Frank Grillo show, 100%. Yep, very much so. Even, like, Naomi Watts, who helps bring, like, the heart of the movie. She's – this is – if anything, the killers that are after Frank Grillo have a much larger role than just about everybody else other than Frank Grillo. The yep. guy in the bar who tells terrible jokes and helps Frank Grillo at some point is in the movie a lot more than Mel Gibson. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't don't worry about that. Any other thoughts before we I get on to an, another question about Frank Grillo's awesomeness? An unexpected casting of Will Sasso in a badass role. Oh my god! I'm oh, so glad yeah. you brought that up. Yeah. That what's that? Really about? took me out of it, and I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm sad that I didn't ask this when we talked to Frank Grillo because I frankly I, frankly <laughs> I just didn't want to waste my time on Will Sasso 
which sounds terrible, but I could have spent 30 minutes figuring out what the hell is going on with that. He's what he's curly in the three stooges. He yeah. was on what mad TV, right? Yep. Yep. And, and there's not one joke that leaves his mouth this entire movie. It's yep. the craziest thing. Also one final thing before we get into other Frank discussions, his name is Roy Pulver in this movie, and yeah. he did not once say pulverize. What the <laughs> shit? Oh, <No>, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Missed just one of those. That's just one of those names where it's just like John Rambo. Like, come on, it's just such a cool name. Like, if yeah. I ever was like, "Hi, I'm Charles Barfield," and and some muscly dude is like, "I'm Roy Pulver," I'd be like, "Oh boy, not gonna mess with that guy." <laughs> He's probably stuck in a time loop. I should stay out of his way. <laughs> or he'll pulverize me. Uh, Come on. It's just right there. It's it, right there. Yeah. But it, it, and that kind of brings up a good point, too, I, I think, because the comedy in this movie is uh, is kind of clever and and not as obvious as a pulverized comment, which you got to give it credit for because they could have gone for the low hanging fruit. They should have gone for that for that. Yeah. low hanging fruit. I, I'm just going to I'm going to stand my ground here. It okay. needed to be in there. I give this movie an F rating because of it. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. F for Frank. F for Rillo. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really good. So I'm not going to take that back. OK, Brian, any last thoughts? Just that it's one of those movies that if you're in our age group and you remember what it was like to browse, you know, through Blockbuster or uh, Hollywood video and you stumble <laughs> upon this one and you wonder, what is this, you know, title in the action section, give it a rent and realize, okay, this was a, a wise choice. I mean, it, it's just one of those movies that, yeah, like Mike said, you go into it with one set of expectations and you come out of it having had just the best time. And that I think is the best way to go into this. Just, just don't go in. Yeah. Like you said, Charles, expecting, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, just go in expecting, go in expecting boss level. <laughs> expect expect frank of arabia yes oh wow Ooh. so, so let, before we get to the interview let's take a moment to talk a couple minutes about frank grillo some more to pull back the curtain if you haven't figured it out already i think it's safe to say the three of us are big grillo heads that's what we're called right <laughs> grillo pants. We, well we all have the shirt oh. are you guys wearing your shirts <laughs> i did I, okay. I i resubscribed to the fan club did you guys get your your cards in the mail not yet uh, no. Is it laminated? Because if it's not laminated, I don't care. Well, oh, it has to be laminated because you get so sweaty looking at it. Yeah, that's that, exactly yeah. That's true. I get sweaty thinking about it. <laughs> so, yes, we love Frank Grillo. We're unabashed Grillo heads or Grillo mm -hmm. pads. So I want to give you guys Grill a chance. Master? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're, we're, we're way off the rails. <laughs> I want to give you guys the chance to convince people that may not be super familiar with Frank Grillo and why we love him so much why he's awesome and why he's probably the closest thing we have right now to like a Sylvester Stallone type 80s, 90 action star. So Mike, any movies that future Grillo heads need to check out? Absolutely. I mean, I, I will admit as he's gone along, some of them are better than others. There he certainly are. Too. Yes, he would as well. He does admit it in the interview, if I'm remembering correctly. He does. Yes. Um, but as he's gone along, things have gotten a lot better and better as he's been able to choose his roles specifically, you know, since uh, I would say when I was introduced to him is uh, around 2011's Warrior with Tom Hardy and Joel Kinnaman. Edgerton. Or, no, not Joel Kinnaman, Joel Edgerton. So <laughs> <laughs> <up>, Kinnaman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great movie about like it was like an MMA Rocky with, you know, just a ton of like family drama that actually really, really worked. And he played, you know, one of the trainers in it and he was super authentic. And I know it kind of got him on a lot of people's radar who just assumed he was this MMA guy that just got a part in it because, you know, he was an MMA guy, but it, that is not the case. And, and then he just kind of got part after part from there specifically, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier, he's done all those. But the one that most recently surprised me before Boss Level, and I think we mentioned this in the interview, is Body Brokers. It's this crazy movie that just he's came out like yeah, a couple weeks ago with Val Kilmer's kid, who I did not know was Val Kilmer's kid until I looked it up. But he's named Utah, much like uh, Point Break. And in real life or in the movie? In the movie. Oh, darn. 
but yeah, so it, it's just about this like multi-billion dollar fraud scheme that has been built up under, you know, uh, addiction rehab centers. And it's got like amazing performances from Frank, from Jack uh, Kilmer, from Michael Kenneth Williams. And that's super, super good that I would check out as well. And that's not like a straight up action movie. It's very much a like a, a different kind of role for him. It's kind of a drama. But, you know, there's tons of action as well that he's got, you know, that has come out uh, along the way as well with the, you know, the, the Netflix movies that he's done with the wheel man of it all, the point blank, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Brian, any uh, any films you want to point fans to future fans? Yeah, I think, honestly, he's definitely one of those guys that have, having learned more about him over the years, going back and, oh, he was in this. He was in this. OK, he's just this excellent character actor, I guess we could say up until now. I mean, now he can safely lead movies quite easily. I think the first one I remember distinctly associating him as a cast member would be Disconnect, which I think was one of the two Dangers with Social Media films that came out 2014, 2013-ish. 2012. 2012. And I actually remember thinking he was quite excellent. I think he was the father of, of one of the boys or a boy that was, I don't know. It was something involving, you know, the why you shouldn't be on Facebook or texting or whatever. But I thought he was great. I really enjoyed the kind of menace he brought to the character and but at the same time, very human. There's always that with the roles I've seen him in, having gone back and revisited him in the gray and movies like that, any opportunity that, you know, one might take to say, oh, he's maybe being a little over the top. He'll undercut that with this very, very real, very human side that I is you, you don't really see in a lot of of action stars. And I think that's what separates him from like the action heroes of, of our youth is that he just seems more relatable, maybe, you know, maybe a bit more battle scarred. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just, I don't know. I like him. He's just, he's just very chameleon like in whatever he's done. And yeah. Warrior, he's great in Warrior. He, yeah. he is. Yeah. And, I, and the reason okay. he's, oh, I was just going to say, and the reason he's kind of taken on that, that mantle of the Stallones of, you know, whoever else it might be. I, I'm not going to say the Van Dams, but, you know, if you want to throw him in there, Charles, go ahead and throw him <laughs> in there. Uh, but he walks on screen and he just feels like you do not want to fuck with this guy. Yeah. And he has that even in the, mo in the movies that, you know, he's kind of a more dramatic role. He's he is still got this aura about him that you're just like, that is a fucking action star whenever, whenever he's on screen. So, you know, he's just got it. He does. I go back pretty far with with my Grillo love. I got to admit, he was in Prison Break in the mid 2000s. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love I, Prison Break. I don't remember uh, him in Prison Break. He was Nick Saverin. Uh, you would have to go back and watch it. He was in like two seasons of it. Quite a quite a few episodes. And yeah, he's good in that. Again, it's one of those where at the time you're like, I don't know why, but I can't stop looking at him. <laughs> and then. Yeah, I know. I, I am in love with Frank Grillo is what I'm getting <laughs> at here. <laughs> he also was in a few episodes of The Shield, which is another incredible show from mm -hmm. the early 2000s. But fast forwarding a bit more, you mentioned Warrior, but then The Gray, which was uh, early 2010s. Uh, Another Carnahan flick, yeah. Yeah, and then what really kind of put him on the map for probably 99% of the people is his MCU stuff. He was in Captain America, America Winter Soldier, Civil War, and then he was in uh, Avengers Infinity War. Endgame, Endgame, sorry. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, you know, he's Crossbones, and I love Captain America, so it's awesome he's Crossbones. But... The movie that I really sat and was like, oh, my God, I'm watching like the next action star is The Purge Anarchy. That is I love The Purge films for sure. I think they're super clever and super original as far as, you know, modern. some more than others. Yeah. Well, yeah, the first one, I think, is is a straight up kind of like, you know, Blumhouse horror. But then mm -hmm. they go really interesting ways with it and they develop like they do this world building. But yeah, we can talk about The Purge when the next one comes out. But <laughs> When when I talk about Frank Grillo in Purge Anarchy, he's basically like Snake Plissken. Um, yeah. He is the guy that everybody has to get behind or they will die, you know, and he does that so well and he's so good. And he, he comes back for the next Purge movie, which is election year, and he's just as good in that. 
And then you move to my absolute favorite performance by Frank Grillo. And we talk about it at the beginning of the interview. And I will talk about it till I'm blue in the face is Donnie Brook. It is not a movie for everybody in the sense that it is super dark. Um, it's not an action movie. It's more of a family drama, but there is some intense action, bare knuckle fighting. And he plays one of the scariest movie villains of the last few years. He just is this guy who is almost absolutely evil and and has it, the perfect name. Yes. Yeah. Chainsaw what, Angus. Yeah, it's he's basically death personified. Mm-hmm. He wears like black and everything and he is just on the hunt for this guy and you don't want to root for him but at the same time you can't stop thinking like how cool he is and it, it, it's such a good movie tim sutton directed it. it came out in 2018 and it's a movie that kind of went under the radar for a lot of people it kind of gets beaten up a little bit in reviews but uh myself and and rodrigo at the playlist we love this movie we think it's really good and uh jamie bell's incredible in it margaret qualley who's also in the movie is incredible probably her best performance so if you want to see frank grillo at his best i think it's donnybrook all that to say boss level is awesome too thanks guys for talking boss level with me fawning over frank grillo for 20 minutes and uh yeah if you and guys now you to... can listen to us fawning over him for another half hour <laughs> it really is obnoxious guys <laughs> yeah we 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 it's a good interview i will say that but we obviously love the guy and oh, so we were you know, charmed we were we were charmed oh he's, he's got oodles of charm as mike d'angelo <laughs> says mm-hmm. so put it on the post anyway, yes thanks for talking guys and if you're listening now stay tuned for the frank grillo interview enjoy I want to thank actor, producer, badass Frank Grillo for joining us on the Playlist podcast to talk about Boss Level. Oh, my pleasure. But before we jump into Boss Level, I have to be a little selfish. Uh, I want to thank you personally for Donnybrook, which I have seen an obnoxious amount of times and I rave about it all the time. And I got to say, you're absolutely terrifying in that film. And it's like one of those movies that when people come to me and they want to say like, you know, I want something like an intense drama. I'm like Donnybrook. Watch yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I thought, you know, thank you. By the way, thank you for saying that. Tim Sutton, who wrote and directed the movie. Uh, I thought it was a really good movie. It's based on a book and he got beat up a bit, you know, by the critics. It's 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 a it's a heavy film. And it, I just thought unfairly, he, and, and it really put him into a, in a into a tough, like kind of depression. But I was like, wow, I, I thought this was really a good movie. And so it's so nice to hear that. And thank oh, you yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, so just so you know, at the playlist, uh, my editor-in-chief, Rodrigo Perez, has been like a longtime fan of this movie, like since he first saw it, like way back in the festival time. And was like, he turned me onto it. He's like, you got to watch this movie. And Holy hell, it's good. And I, as I was going to say, you know, you're probably our best shot at like a Stallone-esque badass action star, but you got to do the occasional Donnybrook just for me. I, I got a bunch <laughs> of them lined up, the movies in that kind of world. And, and I, I, you know, some of the roles, some of my roles are smaller, and but I just love the scripts. So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Body Brokers. I just saw Body Brokers recently. That is yeah, again, fascinating, man. That I'm a small part of, but I thought, what a great story. My, my father actually was involved in this. As he, My father was a chronic alcoholic, went to rehab like 11 times. But one of the times he went to rehab, it was a scam. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So I read the script. I met the, uh, the director, John Swab, who I'm, I just did another movie with and going to do another movie with. Uh, and I, I, I said, my, my dad, this was my, I'm doing the movie with you. I'm in. So yeah, that's awesome. It's a uh, fascinating movie. I'll just say that, yeah. but we can get on to, to boss. Yeah, level yeah. Because we got to watch that talk, this morning too. We got to talk about boss level. So this is your latest yeah. collaboration with Joe Carnahan, um, yeah. who you founded war party films with. And it's a great mixture of like eighties and nineties, hard R action with like modern clever humor. And then you just go ahead and throw a time loop in for good measure. So <laughs> I, I saw, I read that this film had been like in some sort of uh, development for almost a decade now. Oh, yeah. Oh, like we did it. We, I think Joe just posted some of them. We did a test uh, screening for Sony. We, we paid $40,000 and did a whole thing for Rothman for Sony Studios. And, you know, look, uh, you know, I'm not George Clooney or whoever. And it was so it was a tough sell. 
uh, and it's still a tough sell. I'm still not sure it's good. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, we it's been in gest- gestation for that long, and and uh, and then Joe started. Joe and I started our company. We were like, let's get that movie. Was it very different, like from ten years ago? I mean, obviously technology's changed. Other movies have kind of done the time loop thing. So, like, was there any major changes over that time? It, uh, you know, not a lot of changes in the script. Changes in me, obviously. I'm much older and and wiser, and I'm much more secure in my abilities and and for whatever value I have in this business. And so I'm I'm not that guy, the younger guy trying to prove himself. And so Joe and I went on this adventure together in a, in a much more mature way, which was far more rewarding, you know? So, you know, so good things come to those who wait. That's very true. <laughs> With that time loop, you know, which leads to your character dying like more than like 200 times in like a, some gruesome, <laughs> hilarious ways. I think there's even, there's even one point where your character gets harpooned and says, who the fuck thinks this up? And- we have to imagine you help think this stuff up so we got to ask i didn't know i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you something and i'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a quick second yeah joe carnahan i have to say and a piece of me dies to say this because he's also my best friend is a is a genius filmmaker he's a genius (laughs) more than a genius filmmaker he's a genius writer and and the rest of him really sucks (laughs) but he's amazing in these aspects of his life and i look i look at him and i'm like even mel gibson i have to tell you this was a film we had 41 days to shoot in the 11th hour the financier said you have 27 wow and so i looked at him i go we call each other bubba i go bubba can we do this he goes do you know your lines i go yeah (laughs) he goes well then we're gonna do it we're not gonna fire 280 people and, and the guy is just, he's just brilliant. And, uh, and he comes up with a lot of funny, funny things. Dude, awesome. that is, yeah, there's some crazy deaths in there. And for, for one of the best action movies that I've seen in a long time, and I'm not just, you know, shining a light up your ass or anything like that. Great, great movie. My, my wife came in here because I was laughing my ass off at one point, probably during the harpoon scene. And <laughs> she's like, what are you watching? And I just had to like stop it and kind of explain things to her. But either way, the amount of heart at the center of this movie, I was like genuinely welling up at some points as well. Just that relationship with your son. Yeah. And, you know, it, was that through line always there in the script that you picked up? Or was that something you added later? And how did you find that kid? Yeah, because he's great. I'm gonna blow your mind. So here's the deal. <laughs> so, so it wasn't always so prominent, right? Joe and I did a movie called Wheelman for Netflix, small movie. It's me in a car, and we realized there was a small scene uh, with me and my daughter that really created all of the heart for the movie. So Joe said this: "I want your real son Rio to play your son in the movie. That That's kid is my son." Holy shit! And that, my son was at 10 years old, was already three years making movies with his friends on his iPhone. And Joe thought it would be a good idea. I said, no, I don't want my kid. I I hate this place. I don't, (laughs) business is terrible. He goes, have him read. So we sent him to read to our casting director. And she goes, I I don't, oh no, first we sent him to my acting coach and my acting coach said, and she's famous. She said, I can't coach him. I go, thank you. I knew it. She goes, he's perfect. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So then we send him to our casting director and she calls, she goes, I read 30 kids. He's the best one. I said, read him again. (laughs) God's honest truth. And, 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 and Joe, Joe won that battle. So my son, Rio, came and did the movie. And I have to tell you, I thought, and, and you know, I can kind of stand back. And if he was going to be bad, I, was, I would tell you, my son sucked. I thought he created such a connection with me in that film that that's what makes the movie real. Yeah. Do you know what it I mean? It raises it up. It really does. It really does. And while I watch it and well up. And I didn't give the kid, I gave him no advice at all. In fact, he would upstage me during scenes. 
yeah, he would try to like glom the camera. <laughs> yeah, he's a genius. So. Was he like flexing his muscles? You know, like <laughs> like Joe would throw him a line from from behind Video Village, and I'd say I'd say Rio. What Joe? I go, he goes, Dad. I really need to take my direction from the director. <laughs> I'm like, if there wasn't a camera, I would punch you in the face. right? Now. <laughs> well, speaking of, of scenes that you had with your son, apparently uh, there's one moment where he's like talking about how great he's heard you are, you know, as, as a, as a badass type of guy. And he asks, yeah. he brings up Liam Neeson and taken <laughs> and he calls him a quote unquote fake tough guy. And there's a lot that has been said about the way like Liam Neeson like films his action scenes and there's like a million cuts and all that. And you're obviously a real tough guy. So uh, <laughs> do you see your films as like a statement on like bringing back like action that has like choreography and stuff yes. and all that? Yeah. Yes. I, I, for whatever world I live in, in this movie business, my thing is I'm going to do it all the time me and I train every day. I, I've been doing jujitsu and boxing since I'm 17 years old. And I'm, I'm a lot older than that now. I train <laughs> every day still. I just was boxing before I came to sit down to do these interviews. And my thing is, I don't want there to be cuts in my films. I want you to see me do it. And, uh, and so what I'm learning is it's kind of become a rarity. Uh, you know, there's guys that just don't want to be involved in learning that skill set. And I think it's wrong. I think we're robbing the audience of what they really believe that this person is. And uh, it's what, kind of what I get on my soapbox about. I'm like, you know, don't, don't, I don't want to hear about how you're an action star if you don't do any of the action. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an illusion. And so maybe I'm old school in my thinking, but it's what keeps me going. It's what gets me up every day. And if I can, you know, look, my audience is dudes like you. And if I, if you can see my face while I'm taking shots or giving shots, it makes me excited. And, <laughs> and maybe there that makes go. me an idiot. Yeah. I don't know, but I like that. Yeah. Excellent. It must be a little more painful. It's yeah. a lot more painful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with Boss Level, I mean, it's been finished for a while now and yeah. had some, you know, pre-screenings prior to COVID last year. How does it feel to finally have it come out? And what are your thoughts that it's going uh, straight to streaming on Hulu? Yeah, great, great question. You know, uh, it, was a tough, it was a tough proposition getting the movie made. It wasn't a cheap movie to make. It was a very expensive movie. Uh, this isn't a little independent, in, independent film. It's in the $40 million range. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it was a difficult thing finishing it. It was a difficult thing getting it finished the way we knew it needed to be get finished. We had to go and find other money. And then getting the movie out in distribution, we finally got distribution and COVID hit. And so it all went to hell in a handbasket. And so me and Joe were like, wow, this is, this is a test. Like, I feel like Job in the Bible. It's like everywhere we turn, things are not going well. And, uh, and Hulu, a lot of people, everyone loved the movie. It was, yeah. what are we going to do? How do we kind of do our thing with it? And Hulu came in and we have been looking, it's really weird how things happen. We have been looking for a relationship with Hulu for a long time. Hulu came in, they loved the movie. They got back, they got behind it a hundred percent. Their marketing plan is amazing. And, and, uh, and here we are. And I, I got to tell you something. There are no movie theaters. It's all very limited movie theaters. The fact that we will get eyes on this film two years plus later with Hulu, really promoting the film as a Hulu original. It is, a, a, I always say, you know, things don't ever go my way. This went my way. And it went Joe's way. It went the film's way. And the movie gods were looking out for us because I, I couldn't ask for a better a better uh, result. That's awesome. You, you know, uh, we're, we've been kind of establishing that you're basically the action flick expert at this point in your career. What would you say if someone was like, sat you down, was like, Frank, what makes a good action film? What's the trick? What are the must-haves that you have to, you have, to have in these things? 
Yeah, the must-haves are you have to have a lead character who is believable in the action, right? When you go back and you think about, um, you think of, and I'll go back, I'll, I'll start dating myself. When you tra- start thinking about the Charlie Bronsons in, in the Death Wish films, when you think about the Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood in, in those films, then you go, you move on to the Bruce Willis's and the Die Hards and the Mel Gibson's. The, 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 the through line is I believed all those guys, right? I believed they could get done what needed to be done to get out of that circumstance. Now, within that action world, I didn't just want to see people dying and getting beat up. I wanted there to be heart. And if you look in all those films, there was a relationship that was at jeopardy. There was, there was, there was something that was going to be lost if, if he didn't work hard to make it happen. And in this movie, it's Naomi Watson, my son, for instance. And I think that's what's essential. I think keep the story simple. There's, I, I believe there's an algorithm to great action <laughs> films, but most importantly, bar none is I believe the guy. I believe Liam Neeson in Taken. Mm-hmm. I believe he has a particular set of skills. <laughs> you know what I mean? That being yeah. said, inversely, there's a lot of action movies made that I don't believe. Now, I think Justin Timberlake's a great guy. <laughs> an incredibly talented singer. They try to make him an action star. It's not going to work. It's yeah. just not going to work for me. For me, it doesn't work. And there are a lot of guys like that, to no fault of their own, who we tried to make action stars. And I, it, I'm sorry. I don't believe you. It doesn't yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you step on screen. It's like you have instant don't fuck with me status. Like, <laughs> even, yeah, even in billions, you step on, you're an artist. You're like, you're really sensitive. You're like, I still don't want to fuck with that guy. <laughs> and by the way, look, I, I was born in the Bronx. I, I come from a rough background. My, my, I come from immigrant family. I come from a big family with a lot of boys. You had to fight for your lucky charms. I mean, you know, it was, uh, we're not, we're not criminals, but it, it was, it was, it's tough. We're tough. And, but we're also parents and we're also artists and we're also husbands and, you know, and we're great friends and we're sensitive and I cry all the time. And, you know, there's <laughs> that side of it. And I think that's what makes a good action star is yeah. that's what made Liam Neeson famous at 58 years old is that he's a great actor who also you believe was a badass. So we recently covered uh, some 90s action movies in one of our podcasts, and we, we talked quite a bit about like what makes a good action movie. And this feels like those, you know, hard R action films. Like I said, there's gore, there's right. cursing, there's all that. But there's not a lot of those films that actually do well at the box office, right? Because right. of the R rating or what have you, studios are scared. But streaming, like Hulu, is like, hey, we'll take it. So do you see streaming as kind of a way to bring those types of movies back? Similar to like how Netflix has brought back the rom-com, for example. Yeah, I do. Uh, Never say rom-com when we're talking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. Grillo. (laughs) Um, But I do. I think this is a great opportunity to reintroduce the movies that I, I'm, I'm older than you guys, what I grew up on, the movies I loved, the actors I loved. And I think what what Joe and I have done with Boss Level is kind of mash the genre a bit. It's not a straight action movie. It's certainly not a comedy, straight comedy, and it's certainly not a drama. But if you put these elements and mash them together, I I I think the audiences are hungry for stuff like this. We don't take ourselves too seriously. In, in any aspect of the movie. And uh, it, it delivers a, a bunch of things that we go to the movies to kind of feel. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, maybe Joe and I are wrong, uh, but, but you know, we, even, we thought this was a good theatrical film. I think it's even a better film that's to be on the streaming uh, uh, services now because this is what we're used to. And now we could be at home and watch the film. So it's gonna be a good test for us yeah. Because my whole company, Joe, Joe and I's company, War Party, is based on genre movies, you know, high level, elevated action thrillers that we grew up on. 
Um, look, the biggest movie stars when I was a kid were Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme. They I was going to add him if you did. <laughs> <laughs> they were the biggest movie stars in the world. And it's, uh, you know, it's hysterical. And I've since become good friends with Mel Gibson and, and uh, Sylvester Stallone. And it's, it's been a, it's, so, so it's been a trip, you know, it's been fun. Kind of focusing on like modern, excellent action films. I know at one point you were attached to star in and produce an English language remake of The Raid with yeah. Joe. Um, yeah. That became something else. And is that still in the works? And how much of, of that Raid DNA is going to be in that remake? Is that still happening? Yeah, we, we do. We have, we have a film that's very similar in the DNA. Uh, it's called Zeno. Mm -hmm. um, which we're in the process of setting up financing for. It is similar, but my buddy Patrick Hughes, who I did Hitman's Bodyguard 2 with last year, uh, who I was originally doing the Raid remake with, <laughs> it's now the Raid, the title, has come back to him through Sony. And he wants me to be in that. So huh. <laughs> somehow circle. I, I yeah. cannot get away from the world of the raid, but it will be remade at some point in some iteration. I can yeah. promise you. Yeah. And we never really hope that you're in it. Yeah, I'm just make sure it's brutal. I'm going to be, I, uh, well, unless I'm too old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you're friends with Stallone. There is no oh. such thing as too old. Brother, I was just talking about this. I mean, I'm good friends with his friend Frank, with his brother Frank, and uh, Sly just moved down to Florida. Uh, and I said, uh, uh, we were talking and he goes, you know, he's going to be 75. And I went, he's going to be 75. What's the, wait, wait, what? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you're, you're 55. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's going to be 75. But let me tell you something. We were up at his house recently watching uh, a fight or something. The guy, it's amazing. It's, it's like, he's a freak of nature. His body, he looks like he's 35 years old. It's crazy. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he talks about movie making as if he's never made Rocky. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You realize that you made Rocky, right? I mean, <laughs> Man, uh, the next film you, well, one of them, honestly, your IMDb is, is exhausting just to read. I can't imagine <laughs> what it's like to, to actually be making all this. But you, one of the next films you have, Cop Shop, it reteams you with Joe Carnahan. Yeah. This one features Gerard Butler, uh, another one of those big names that we've been kind of talking about to reestablish this hard R action universe. Yeah. Is that just too much man for one film? You know, my wife, it's, it's if, if she sees that, she's she's just going to be like, no, that's too much, too much man. <laughs> it's fun. It's a good movie, man. Joe wrote and directed it. He rewrote it and directed it. It's me and Butler in a police station for the first two acts. It's kind of cat and mouse thing. And then the third act is full-blown like smoke and aces. It's awesome, crazy. nice. And I have a long wig and, but <laughs> whoa, know, whoa, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And Butler, I've been friends with Butler for a while. And, and uh, you know, Butler's one of those guys who, you know, when you make independent films, foreign film financing is a big part of independent filmmaking. And Jerry Butler's value is astronomical because of uh, the foreign film world. Uh, so we were able to execute a pretty expensive film, uh, thanks to the great Jerry Butler. And, and it's a, it's a two-hander. It's basically a two-hander with him and I. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, between the Has Fallen movies and then Greenland, it's like, man, that guy's yeah. on a streak right now. Yeah, and by the way, another action guy who, uh, give me three minutes in a room with. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta we gotta talk about marvel for just a second though i'm not okay. gonna ask you for spoilers but you already talked that you're showing up as crossbones one last time in what if uh the animated series of marvel yeah. um your character in the comics at least is perhaps like the biggest captain america villain outside the red skull so looking back on your time in the mcu do you feel like there was more crossbones that was left on the table and oh my you, god oh you know, <laughs> are you bummed that you're not gonna fight anthony mackie's new version of cap Oh, it's terrible. You know, me and Mackie, but me and Mackie did another movie after that. And, uh, but, but, uh, you know, the way in the beginning, God, it's so long ago now, Crossbones was a very prominent figure in the MCU. And, but it, 
Kevin Feige took that whole thing a different way with the Avengers. It really went a different direction. And unfortunately, you know, I wasn't really, Crossbones wasn't part of that, uh, that iteration. Um, and, uh, you know, it was sad. It was sad because I didn't, when they called me to do the Avengers Endgame, you know, Joe Russo yeah. called and said, uh, you know, I need you for a week. I'm like, nope, I'm not coming. He's like, what do you mean you're not coming? I'm like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I was mad. I was mad. They killed me. I was mad that they killed me, right? And I was like, I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not coming. You, you, no, I'm not. And he's like, dude, you got to come. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm not doing the movie, dude. I'm busy. I'm doing another movie. Leave me alone. You know, you guys, you guys still owe me money. <laughs> Marvel doesn't pay their bills. And, and, and just uh, Joe, the Russo brothers, we're great friends, right? And then my oldest son, Remy, said to me, Daddy, uh, you're going to do the movie. And I go, what? Well, no, I'm not. He goes, you're going to go do Avengers Endgame. I don't care if you're in it for two minutes. You're going to do the movie. And I, for some, all of a sudden, I was the child, and my son was the parent. And it was because of my son, Remy, <laughs> I went and did. And by the way, of course, I, was, I, I had to do the movie. And, and uh, I wound up bringing my whole family, my little boys, to the premiere. And if you're going to bring your kids to any premiere, Avengers Endgame with every single character, they met everybody. So I was a hero in the end and I did yeah. the right thing. So it was That's all worth perfect. it. And yeah. you could argue that Crossbones is the reason for WandaVision if you want to get real nerdy because of- but I don't want to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have at least one more question about boss level. With the needle drops kind of covering all sorts of genres all over the place yeah. and culminating in that perfect- you know, Boston anthem, basically. Were those songs always in mind when you guys were creating this or was it just like Googling time in the lyrics and just going? Again, as a filmmaker, again, I have to tell you, Joe Carnahan is such a, an all-encompassing, he is involved in every aspect of his films. Every song you hear, every needle drop, uh, the score of the film, it's all in his head all the time. He is the maestro. He hires the best people in, in, in these different areas, whether it be visual effects. Or, but he literally tells everybody what to do. And, and, it, and, and they'll give him their opinions and they'll, and, and they'll sample their music. He's always right. It, mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, and again... A, a little more of me dies to give him this much. <laughs> but when it comes to filmmaking, I have not met another human being uh, who is uh, on Joe Carnahan's level. I, I, I you know, I, I think he, he, people would argue with me. I, I just think he's one of the most underrated filmmakers that we have in, in filmmaking today. He makes a great action movie and, and yeah. you need some credit too. I think you've kind of become his action muse. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, look, our, that's what our, our partnership is this. Look, we, we, yeah. I love what he does. He loves what I do. I have not found people who can do what he does. And he seems to not be able to find people that do what I do. So we make, we, we've come together. And, and by the way, we fight like husband and wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need, we need to go to marriage counseling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but uh, as far as uh, respecting anyone else uh, as a filmmaker, you know, I'm in awe of this guy. And you could probably beat him up in a fight. That helps. <laughs> oh, yeah. 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going back to what uh, Mike was saying before about, you know, your future projects, your IMDb being full. We're just curious, like, when do you sleep? Do, do you clone <laughs> yourself? In all seriousness, is there a project or two that you're really psyched about, that you're really looking forward to? People seeing that you can tease for us? Um. I'm super, super excited about uh, a couple of things. One is a, a movie called Ida Red, which body the guy who wrote Body Brokers, John Schwab. Uh, it's me and Josh Hartnett, and Josh is great in the movie, and Melissa Leo. It's I play a gay, hardcore gay gangster. Mm -hmm. and I mean, wow. whole, it, it's something I've never done. I'm excited about that. I'm excited <laughs> about Cop Shop with Butler. I'm excited about... Uh, Hitman's Bodyguard 2, I've seen the film. It's hysterical. 
it's uh, there's you know everything's blowing up for an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah, I mean it's there's some good stuff happening. Great, and uh, we, we do have to wrap up, but I wanted to give Mike one chance to pitch his quick se- sequel idea for boss level because I think he has a pretty good idea. Oh. <laughs> no, but Mike. Yeah. But by the way, that's why we made boss level because there's three of these movies that we oh. think we can make. Seriously, yeah. Well, I want to see. This, that. Okay, explain and, your second one. Well, I'm kind of now that I know it's your son. I kind of want to see you both set in it, stuck in a time loop, but. I would settle for Nick Cage and you stuck in a time loop together. Oh my God, I can't believe you're saying this. (laughs) (laughs) Is this for real? (laughs) That is hysterical. You know, I did a a bad movie with Nick and and I never want to talk about it. It's called Jiu-Jitsu, we know. But you know, by the way, (laughs) some you do for the money. Um, (laughs) um, But I have an idea with Nick and it's so funny you say that. By the, by the way, he is amazing. Yes. Amazing. We just we just spoke to the director of Willy's Wonderland, and and that is a, a batshit crazy Nick Cage you movie see if you want to see one. Yeah. It's I insane. See it. it's, it's good. Insane. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, we're gonna wrap up. It's been a, a blast talking with you, oh, Frank. You guys are awesome, man. Come yeah. over to my house, let's drink. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we're stuck under like well, 14 feet of snow in Wisconsin, so that's yeah. not gonna wait, happen. Wait. Can you wait before you go? Then let me just show you where we are. Oh, oh don't! Oh, oh no! Oh, come on, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, he uh, actually did it. <laughs> killing me, man. You're killing me. That and the crossbones painting behind you. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, that's that's a famous artist from Rio. He's a graffiti artist. It's a little narcissistic that I hung up. <laughs> but it's got everything. There's the purge and my yeah. kids. And, isn't that cool? It's, it's got awesome. everything, yeah. Yeah. I have All to right. explain it. Every time someone goes to my house, I'm like, I don't really love myself that much. <laughs> <laughs> This artist loves me and I had to hang his art. So, you know, Um, but yeah, so thank you for joining us. Uh, Everybody should check out Boss Level. It hits Hulu on March 5th and uh, there's Cop Shop. There's another, speaking of The Purge, you're teaming up with the director of The Purge on something. There's just all kinds of stuff going on. So yeah, thanks for joining us, Frank. It's been great. Thanks, boys. It was great. Thank you, sir.